0: The Business Buzz Podcast. You're your in to the Business Buzz. Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VioFM 88.1. My name is Muriwa Mob Justice Gavaz, and I'll be your host for tonight's show. We're going to be taking you until about 8 p.m., so definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to unpack and keep you entertained, educated, and intrigued about um, uh, the world of business. As I said, this is the Business Buzz. We are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Braamfontein, Johannesburg. So for today, we are looking at credit rate. Ratings, uh credit rating agencies. Why is this thing important, and uh, how it is affecting you and I's oxygen on a daily basis? Now, time and time again on the news, we hear uh, that South Africa's credit, credit rating age, uh, rating has been downgraded to junk status, or is at the verge of it, and uh, that this will impact negatively on the economy. However, to the layperson on the street, uh, most actually do not understand. Firstly, what does a downgrade actually mean uh, for countries, and how do Credit rating agencies actually decide which nations deserve uh, that top triple A score and which are downgraded, and how that ultimately impacts uh, the country's economy. So that's what we are going to be looking at. Now, to just give a bit of context and background just around this, uh, credit rating agencies uh, actually rate a debtor's ability to pay back debt. Now, in the global bond market, uh, agencies actually provide an independent evaluation of. Uh, debt security is insured by governments and by corporations such as ESCOM, Uh, the better a country's rating, uh, the more attractive it is to lenders and investors. Now, South Africa, since uh, 1994 up until about uh, mid-2010, has enjoyed uh, sound macroeconomic management and a good uh, credit score. However, over the past few years, tightening economic circumstances, uh, combined with a persistent low growth and corruption, uh, have badly undermined the country's credit worthiness. this has seen that the three big ratings agency, that is S&P, uh, otherwise known as Standards Impose, uh, Fitch and Moody's, all downgrade uh, their ratings for South Africa. But why is this important and what does it actually mean for the ordinary person? To help us navigate this topic today, uh, we will be joined firstly by Sipamantlam Kwanazi, who is a senior FNB economist uh, for property and consumer economics, uh, who is going to help us to kickstart the conversation by explaining to us what the nature. Yeah and the role of these uh, rating agencies is. And then our second guest will be Dr. Mishek Mutize, who is a finance and investment researcher uh, who will discuss with us the discontent from African leaders uh, which has arisen over the years around these uh, credit ratings, the agencies and the like. Also coming up for the next uh, hour, we're going to be giving you a a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news uh, that is in our business wrap. And then uh, we're gonna follow that with the state of your 100 with our Buffalo Index. Remember that you can keep in touch with us on Facebook, joining the conversation. Uh, our page is VARFM, that's the voice of Vitz. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Vitz Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag BusinessBuzz. And then you can also stream the station live on VARFM.co.za and remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz show are available on Vitz.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So that's how the show is looking like on the the other side of this, we get into the business wrap. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Wrap with Zanele Kunene. It's time for us to get into the top trending news of the week in terms of business and the economy. And on the line, we're joined by a financial expert, that is financial advisor from BDO, Zanele Kunene. Zanele, how are you?
1: Oh my way Mudila, It's been a while since
0: I've been on the air. <laughs> and it's, <an> <laughs> it's definitely, oh it's way. definitely good to hear from you. I hope you haven't, uh, you know, been a victim in any way of the current load shedding.
1: No, no, not yet, not yet. They're still going to roll that out swiftly. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) Not yet. But let's think about something cheerful before we get to that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's think about the RAND. In the past few uh, weeks, the RAND has done pretty well. And when I say pretty well, it's been between the bracket of 14, the range of 14 RAND 50 to 14 RAND 80. And I remember the last time we spoke back in the day, Probably a month ago, um, it was at, we were trading at 15 rand 80 and we're, we're at that level, but now at 14 rand, um, within the 14 rand 50 to 14 rand 80 back, uh, range, which is really quite good. Yeah. And the driver for this um, was that, you know, China and USA have been having their negotiations, and those um, negotiations have been aimed at rolling back the tension between them. Um, I remember at one of our similarity investments. Um, Events. Kevin links mentioned, and you you shared some really great data to show that the trade war is actually not benefiting anyone. Mm. Like the U.S. and China, like none of them are winning. There's, there's no winner in all of this. So yeah. I really do hope that those talks do conclude. Uh, another driver uh, as to why Durand has done so well was that the risk demand globally was soothed also by the European Union and Britain agreeing uh, last week Friday to hold intense talks over the next few days to secure the deal for Britain's departure from the block. Yep. You know, we've got that looming deadline on the 31st of October. Mm. So, um, because of those um, those two uh, drivers, that is why the RAND has done so well. And I really do, just to go back on the trade war, um, what we need to understand is that U.S. and China are the biggest, are the two of the largest economies. And whatever they, whatever happens within those economies, they impact global growth as well as global trade. Yeah. Um, and that impacts each and, every, each and every person. No one's out of the firing line on that. But let's bring it back down domestically. we been making the headlines. Um, our former president, Jacob Zuma, will be standing trial on the corruption charges um, relating to about $2 billion uh, worth of the arms deal. Um, case that happened. And also his rap sheet is really, really crazy. he has got the fraud, <laughs> the racketeering, the money laundering. You know, and earlier on I heard you mention corruption and what corruption actually, how corruption makes the country look, it makes it look unattractive. That is why, um, uh, President Ramaphosa, now President, why he's pinned in his, um, in his campaign that he's going to try to fight, not try, but he's going to put a whole lot of effort in, um, to fight against corruption, also unemployment and, you know, how to, and to revamp the economy. Because if you think about it, if you, fight fight corruption, you make your country look attractive. You make it quite easy easy to get uh, foreign investment within the country, you know, to drive economic growth. Um, I read an an interesting article in Reuters, and it said as well, I'm going to touch on unemployment, because unemployment and education really go uh, hand in hand, especially within our country, as we've got such a huge huge youth population. And the article read as follows: It said the quality of education and training provided by African countries has worsened since 2014, leaving many of the continent's growing population of young people ill-prepared uh, to enter the job market. That's quite worrying because right now we are facing, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, and it's happening swiftly. Um, and are we? Preparing our, uh, is the youth prepared for that? Are we creating jobs for that? You know, are we having that conversation and, you know, creating the mechanisms to make, um, to make that, to to so that South Africa does not react to it, but that we are proactive. You know, that everything that happens, we're not jumping all the time um, to the things that are happening within our country. Um, Ramapata also mentioned at the Africa Summit that took place in London, he also said that he's working on um, restoring, or South Africa is working on restoring its institutions um, by partnering or looking into using private, uh, looking into using the private sector or engaging with the private sector. And I think that... it's been a long time coming. I don't know why we didn't do this before. Why did we not, um, you know, try to partner with private tech? Because government cannot do everything. We cannot expect government to do everything. Yeah. So, um, so within that talk, you also mentioned that... Um, they are opening SAA, um to outside investment, um, so that to outside investment as it's going to help you know the country as well. And he says that government also needs to pursue prudent fiscal policies, um, stabilise its debt, and also reduce the risk um, contingent risk with contingent liabilities in order to attract much needed investment in the nation. Wait, wait
0: wait, 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 wait. I need I need to you know just stop you for a moment for 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 that, my for my for my listener who doesn't understand what a contingent liability is and what does that mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so contingent liabilities, these are liabilities that um, are occurring to happen. Um, you, I do not actually know how to simplify contingent liabilities. Mm. Would you assist me, sir? Please assist. I, I, I don't know how to... Hey.
0: Okay, I think uh, from my understanding, because I also, it's been a while, it's, I, I'm going to take it from what you said, where you said, um, like it's something that's going to happen, right? Something that, uh, that is bound to happen, something that will, um, so, so, uh, like, like, uh, like, like it's expenditure that we're just planning for in the case of a disaster or something. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> That's why I had to stop you. <laughs> yeah.
1: I apologize to the listener. I will, I will, do, next time I'm on the air, I'm going to do the right thing. I apologize. I've just, I've went blank.
0: Mm. And then? I apologize. And then for the yeah. rest of it, because I know that you know, Cyril was saying a, a lot of things. What for you actually is standing out, I guess, in the in the in the greater context of the South African economy, simply because um, you know you, we've. Uh, spoken one or two times on this show and you've actually said that there's too much talking um, that happens, a lot of pronouncements that are made. Do you see anything uh, co- actually coming out uh, of uh, of what the president was saying or is this just another set of pronouncements from what you can see? I think with this talk what made it quite
1: different is he, he basically saying that, that they are opening the SAO or the state-owned entity to, um, to to investment. So this is something that it's action. And he's he's in London, and there are investors outside as well. So what he's saying is, you guys come and invest okay this mm-hmm. is what i have it's no longer a matter of this is what i'm putting on the table we're still going to draft we are going to revise we're going to have a, a meeting it's quite different from the the job summit from last year or the um, i believe i think last year we also had the investment summit where we had um, uh, a, a few of the companies from the jse pledge uh, pledge amount what makes us different is he's saying in that in that respect he's saying we are opening we're opening um, this this opportunity, please come through. We are open to this. So I think this is where um, private the private sector can now step in because it's an open invitation. You know, it's not government saying we will then go and open the lines and we are going to um, do this. Because I feel as like if government has always thought it has the, it will do everything. It will run this country. It will do. It can't. You know, it does not have the the capacity to do so. So I honestly think this is what makes it different from all the other talks um, that we've heard in the past.
0: Okay. And what else has been uh, going on, uh, I guess, this week? Because, yeah, it's been tough.
1: Um, just in terms of load shedding being announced again, um, you know, when I opened, I spoke about such great news in terms of oh my word, uh, the rand is doing quite well. But just to see that once um, the black, the load shedding was announced, the rand lost um, in, it lost about one percent against the dollar after that was announced, um, and that's 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 something that. The problem with ESCOM doing load shedding is not the mere fact that we, get to, we have to sit in the dark and have nothing to do, but it impacts business. It impacts um, productivity. You know, It impacts the greater scale. And um, although they did mention within the talk that um, government will be publishing key papers and decisions in a uh, in few coming days um, about ESCOM's rescue plan and who the new chief executive is going to be, it, it, it's We we don't need a plan, we need a plan of action. We need something (laughs) that's going to be done. We need a, we are opening this opportunity. This is what we are doing. This is the measures that I've put in place. We don't want to hear we are cutting 2,000 megawatts from 9 to 11. No, you know, these are short-term, this is a short-term, you know not solution as such, but a, a short term, you know, thing. Let us try and figure out how we actually going to, you know, solve ESCOM. Um those were also a, the biggie another biggie that happened this week. The markets were quite um there was no major movements in the markets, uh in the JC and saying there was no major ma- major movements there. And uh, just to note there as well that the World Bank did cut our um growth um forecast to zero point eight. So yeah. We're not looking too exciting to them. But I do hope that, you know, as South Africa, we, we pull rabbits out of
2: hats. <laughs> you know, you've seen it happen. Yeah. In a,
1: our previous, uh, what you call it, um, uh, g- growth, we were, what was it? Was it 3.2%? Mm. A positive, you know? Honestly, who would have expected that when we opened the year with such a downer when we had that contraction? So, you know, we do... We do pull rabbits out our heads right now. We need a bit of magic, but I do. Uh, I do believe that we will do the best we can.
0: So that's been it. Uh, we are on the line with our financial expert, that is Zanele Kunene, and she's telling us that she is positive on the outlook of South Africa and says that uh, some magic will happen and we will be able to pull a rabbit out of the hat uh, because the World Bank has actually uh, revised its uh, growth outlook for South Africa downwards to 0.8%. Uh, the other issue uh, was uh, Zanele was just giving us uh, uh, just a rundown of uh, some of the pronouncements made by President Sir Ramaphosa around the economy and uh, also um, just uh, talking about the fact that load shedding has um, put a bit of a damper on uh, the economic performance for the week and uh, she began by you know, on, a, on a bit of a high note simply letting us know uh, that the Rand has been trading a bit uh, in uh, positive territory ranging between 14.50 and 14.80 at the moment. So that's been it in terms of uh, the business wrap on the other side of this. We get in to the Buffalo Index. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. The Buffalo Index on The Business Business Buzz. Buzz. It's time for us to tell you the state of your 100 rand on the Buffalo Index. That's where we tell you what you can do uh, with your your Buffalo or your 100 rand. And for today, um, you know, we decided to look at um, what's called the balanced food basket. And basically how that works is um, in South Africa, when we're calculating um, inflation, CPI, consumer price, the consumer price index, um, they usually take on a number of goods, uh, you know basic services and the like and they aggregate that and that's how inflation is usually calculated and for food inflation some of the items um, that are used I know that uh, the BFAP has a balanced food basket which includes about 29 food items and they're categorized according to starch rich uh, staple foods for example which has to do with maize meal, uh, brown bread white bread, rice potatoes and wheat flour and then animal protein foods uh, that's your beef mints, your chicken pieces, uh, canned pill chards, eggs, polony, and beef sausage and then vegetables like your tomatoes, onions, carrots, um, cabbages uh, and pumpkins and then your fruit includes your apples, bananas and oranges and then dairy is a full cream milk, sour milk or mass and then uh, your cheddar cheese and then fats and oils uh, that's your sunflower oil, margarine and peanut butter and then your sugary foods, that is your white sugar And then there are the legumes, that's dried beans and baked beans in tomato sauce. So those are the 29 items that they use um, to calculate inflation. But for today on this Buffalo Index, uh, we decided to go and look to see what can you actually do uh, with 100 Rand with some of these basic uh, items simply because um, according to the BFAP, they have a balanced food basket. For a fam- normal family of four, um, you need around 2,500, uh, yeah, about 2,500 Rand uh, just to have uh, some of these uh, basic items. And then you, yeah, it should be 2,000. Yeah, 2,500 if I remember correctly and then that food inflation is being measured at around 5.5% so if we look at some of the items, if you want maize meal, because uh, I took an item from each one of the different food groups, so under starchy rich staple foods, maize meal 10 kgs, uh, that's already 75 rand, so you can only get one of those for 100, uh, beef mints uh, for 1 kg, that's around 90 rand, if you want fruit or a packet of apples, you're under To get you about five of those uh, because each is about 20 rand. Uh, Full cream milk, uh, one liter, is uh, averaging about 12 rand per liter on average. So that's about eight uh, liters you can get for your 100 for your buffalo. And then cooking oil at 750 mils, you can get five of those for your buffalo at 20 rand. And then white sugar, uh, one kg, uh, you can get five of those uh, for your buffalo because each one is 20 rand. And then And for baked beans, you can get about five or six of those uh, for 410. That's the standard 10 uh, because each one is costing about 17 rand. So that's been it in terms of the Buffalo Index. Just looking at some of the basic food items um, that are being used to calculate inflation and how uh, your 100 rand is actually faring in that particular department. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we get into the main topic. More justice on the business bars. We are talking credit ratings agencies on today's show. Remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us, joining the conversation on Facebook. We are VioFM, uh, that's Voice of Vits. And you can also find our other Facebook page, that is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. So for today, as I said, we are talking credit rating agencies. Uh, so those uh, agencies, we defined them earlier on. These are the people that are judging the credit worthiness of the country, uh, namely, The three major ones, that is Fitch Ratings, uh, Moody's Investor Services, and Standards and Poor's, or S&P, they continue to be under a lot of criticism. They are also being accused of falsifying ratings and of operating a biased business model, which benefits uh, capitalist interests. Now, as a result, bond issuers, government regulators, and investors have now lost their faith in credit ratings and therefore feel uh, the compelling need to change uh, reorganize and restructure uh, the the credit rating um, agencies' uh, current business model and industry. Uh, but before we get into some of those politics uh, around the different agencies, we first want to chat to Supermand Kwanazi who is uh, a senior economist at uh, FNB, uh, specializing in property and uh, consumer economics. Uh, economics, sorry, uh, just to help us understand uh, the nature and the role of these different agencies uh supermantla how are you
3: I'm um, good
0: thanks how are you my brother? Ah no 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 I'm okay. I, I, as you heard you know we 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 are we're getting into uh, quite a quite quite a, a bit of a deep one uh for today. Uh, could you help our listeners maybe understand what credit rating agencies actually are and what their actual, actual significance is um to the country simply because we always hear about the country's uh, rating and the A and the yeah. and the investment grade and the junk status you know, how is it important and what are these agencies? Okay. hi.
3: Look, um, good evening to your listeners as well. Um, rating agencies um theoretically are supposed to be giving a an objective view um, <laughs> of the country's ability. Objective is supposed to be objective, that's very yes. important. Yes. Um, of the country's credit worthiness. So that's the country's ability to repay its debt. Right. Um, so imagine you are an investor sitting in London um, you are looking at South Africa, you are looking at Zimbabwe, you are looking at Ethiopia, you are looking at a number of countries. Yeah. Now, that's a lot of information for one person to consume um, and make a decision whether to invest in such a country or to um, borrow um, that country money in, form, in the form of buying um, those government bonds. Now, these rating agencies are there to provide Um, To do that service on behalf of the investor to give an objective view Mm. by looking at the country's um, the strength of the country's books and the ability or the policies that the country intends on 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 implementing, um, and therefore the ability of the country to repay the debt in the future. um, In in future, now they try to standardize um, this methodology across all countries so that when you are an international investor sitting in your London office. You are able to compare country A and country B based on the rating that um, these rating agencies give. Now, you know, part of um, part of what they look at um, is the strength of the economy. They mm-hmm. look at. Um, uh, policies in the economy, the strength of the institutions, which is very important. But By by the way, in South Africa, that's where um, we score the most um, (laughs) at this stage, the strength of our institutions. And then they come up with a sort of a a scientific measure and give um, a a composite, I would call it a composite rating that just sums up the strength of all those um, different factors
0: I just counted. So before I, I, I we, we sort of get into some of the other nitty-gritties, what is the actual difference between the agencies? Because uh, we hear of Fitch, we hear of uh, S&P, and we also hear of Moody's. And I'm pretty sure that there are perhaps other agencies that might be in the mix. Uh, but why are these three sort of the ones that uh, have sort of become the standard? And is there a difference between uh, the ratings that they actually give for Particular economies, like South Africa, for example.
3: Yeah, look, those so those are the big three. There are others, um, so it's it's a it's, uh, it's, it's it's more like a situation of the first move advantage kind of a thing. Mm. Um, those that those were among the first to get into the game, and they were able to, you know, get um, credibility in the market, yeah. stuff like that. that was, even if it's politics we'll get to do, we'll get to those later, but. Those are the three major ones with um, biggest portfolios who um, who matter this credibility um, in the international investment, in the international investment world. Now, the difference between the three, there isn't much different actually. Um, that major difference though is in their methodology, yeah. right? Um, so when, for example, um, Moody's say the strength of your institution Um, They are a couple of things that they look at and um, S&P, on the other hand, under under institutions, they will have their own list of things that they look at. And those two might slightly differ and their objective view on the strength of those might also differ. So that gives um, that gives rise to um, the differences in the rating itself. Um, so, 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 for example, um, right now, S&P says we are junk status, whereas Moody, Moody's, we are just, just, just above, um, <laughs> investment grade. Yeah. Um, so in the rating itself, it might be slight differences, but if you look at, um, directionally, they are generally always the same. Um, so when things go bad, you will see all of them moving in sort of the same, um, kind of a, a direction, although, the level of rating might differ, so they might differ in, in, in where they put the kind of trajectory the tra the trajectory um is usually all the same
0: mm. now in terms of uh Perhaps in you know going further a little bit, what is an example of a, of a rating between um, the three? Let's say for South Africa, or do they have a standardized system? For example, are they all using that triple letter system, or does that differ across the, the different agencies? <laughs>
3: That's one of the things I find is really actually <laughs> um, they they all use letters in different shapes and formats. Like the one, the others will have um triple A others will have A plus plus. You know <laughs> Yeah. The only they understand that. But the point is um it doesn't really matter it's whether it's A or A plus so plus. what matters is where in the rating you are. What's what what what's the substance behind that rating? Mm. So the substance would be this is um an eight grade um this is an eight grade debt A grade debt, so meaning that, that the probability of default is zero almost zero and then on the extreme on the extreme end um when you are complete junk status the probability of default is almost certain so that's when you get a grading of um when you lend to this um when when you when you borrow this country money um probability is that you are not going to receive um you're not going to receive your money back now why that matters is because um then the, the, the cost of debt is determined by the rating itself. So the better your rating, the higher the rating, the lower the cost. Um, the lower the rating, the higher the cost. I mean, it, 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 makes, uh, it makes sense, right? The higher the risk, the higher the reward. Yeah. So, so, so um, we find in international investment world that even in countries that are, um, in, um, that are sub-investment grade, you will always find investors. Mm-hmm. The question is at what cost? All right so 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 that, that 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 actually should be um what we are worried about um the the, the cost of debt because we do need debt. um we need debt for, for for a number of reasons so think of you as an individual time to time um you will you will use your credit card if you do have time to time you will go for to, to a bank to um to borrow to buy a house to buy a car whatever the case may be so that you can smooth um your consumption. Now for a country similar, South Africa for example, borrows about one point two billion rand a day. Um for for, for a, a number day. of reasons a day, yes. Wow. Um one point two billion rand <laughs> a day. Now um for a number of reasons, mm. you know, to for, to to fund infrastructure programs, um to, to, to pay social grants for example, to pay um, you know, um, salary, um civil workers salaries mm. and stuff like that. Um, just like any other company, that they will need that cash flow on it to, uh, so, that, so that they are able to run their everyday um, operations. You know? um, so because um, because on the revenue side, you, on, you only get um, you only get your revenue periodically. So that now between those two point uh, between those two points um, from point A to point B, you will still need to operate, right? So that's why you will go to the debt market and. Uh, you know, to plug that gap between you between what your coffers have and what your operational needs are so 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 what the ratings what the ratings determine then is number one, how hard it is for you to get that debt because um the lower the rating the less the, the less the fewer um people are willing to borrow you money, mm. but there will always be people, and then number two and most importantly. What is the cost of that debt, yeah right so that is the, 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 for South Africa that's actually what um, is the main worry um, is that what is the cost of debt our cost of debt has been going up um o- o- over a couple of years, and that has um, um, that is correlated with the decline in our ratings.
0: Now, I I just have to ask, for the ordinary person on the street, for those of us, you know, just going about um, daily life, how deep is this uh, ratings uh, ratings thing? Simply because I remember about two years ago, I attended a talk um, that was conducted by Moody's, and they were saying that they've been rating countries for decades now. Uh, But, you know, for South Africa, they're just fascinated by the fact that, um, you know, so many people just ordinary people are so you know interested and fascinated by the the country's rating right so i'm just wondering like how how deep is this is this something that um in the in you know in the minutiae of daily life we should be paying attention to or you know are the effects sort of minimal on a on a day-to-day basis
3: look it is something that we should be paying attention to and i'm happy that um average in average of african um now is able to have a conversation about this yes because i say that because it it, it affects all of us directly i mentioned that um one of the important things we need to think about is at what cost do we get this debt yeah now if the cost of that if the interest rate we are paying on that debt um goes up um we still have to repay it right so, on top of repaying the capital, on top of having to repay the debt, we have to repay. We have to pay the interest on it. Now, that takes away. Um, that takes away from, for example, building a new school, or building a new road, or you know, um, expanding the, the expanding the um, the social grant program, for example. So, it takes away from productive expenditure into debt, which is not necessarily viewed as being. Um, it has it, been productive. Mm. Now, when we, when we talk productive, when we talk productive expenditure, we talk of things that will um, that will expand the capacity of the country, things that will make us better in in, in, in future. So, it, 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 things like investing in, in infrastructure, in railway lines, in, in roads, that will just make our economy run more efficiently. Yeah. So, now if we were to divert all those funds into paying off the debt. Um, then we are we are stalling the the, 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 the um, we are stalling the expansion capacity the expansion the, the expanding capacity of um, of the South African economy. So it just delays um, it just delays the, the expansion of, um, of of the South African economy mm-hmm. until such a time that we have repaid the debt and then now we are able to then focus um, on on programs that expand the capacity of the economy.
0: And then lastly um we understand that in Russia um they have their own credit rating agency called the Analytical Credit Rating Agency. Um does South Africa have its own um and uh, if not should we be you know getting one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: no at this stage we don't. Um, at this stage we don't. Now they, there's nothing that stops us. Um, I mean, we, we we could have a our own well, rating agency any time. Mm. Now the, the the trick would then be is that is that rating rating um, agency credible? Um, would investors in, in 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 Belgium, for example? and believe what they are saying about South Africa. Yes, uh, so it's all about yes, credibility yes. really. Yeah. Um you and I can start a company tomorrow and based <laughs> South Africa, but yes. are we gonna have that credibility? Are, are are investors going to trust us because investment decisions are made based on those findings, so,
0: so, 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 so credibility is very, very important. Mm. So that's been us uh, on the line with Supermandle Mkwanazi, senior economist at FNB, uh, telling us uh, about uh, credit ratings agencies um why they matter in the market, how they work, the factors that they consider, and some of the work that they are doing in and around the world. He says that it's actually a good thing that um, the ordinary South African is having uh, conversations about uh, their, their credit rating. Uh, because this is uh, uh, definitely a necessary thing especially when you consider uh, the cost of international borrowing Uh, he gave us uh, quite a phenomenal number, I did not know this thing, um, that South Africa is borrowing 1.2 billion rand a day um, to fund uh, some of its uh, activities so it was a very interesting discussion Um, just ending off with the fact that um, South Africa currently does not have its own ratings agency unfortunately if uh, You know, Gavaza and Mkwanazi Decided to, you know, start their own ratings agency There might be some doubt uh, From the international community As to the credibility of what that rating actually is So that's been it on the other side of this We are going to continue uh, with this discussion With Dr. Mishek Mutize Keep it locked, this is The Business Buzz
2: More justice on The
0: Business Buzz just before the break, uh, we had Sipamandla Mkwanazi, FNB senior economist, giving us um, just a run-through of what credit ratings agencies are, what they do, and some of the things that they consider when uh, making an assessment of a country. And now to continue the conversation um, around this very important topic, we have Dr. Mishik Mutize, who is a, a finance and investment researcher. Hi, doctor. How are you?
4: Very well, how are
0: you? I'm fine, thank you uh, Thank you so much for joining us Um, I just want to start off um, Our discussion around a question uh, That I ended off with our previous guest with And it uh, just had to do with the fact that um In Russia they look They seem to have their own credit ratings agency Um, Should South Africa um, be making efforts to have its own Or should Africa as a continent have its own That is uh, geared towards evaluating African countries and African companies?
4: Well, what you are raising is uh, one of uh, the talk points in the current discourse that we are having. That uh, is it a question of having a credit rating agency or is it a question of having good ratings yeah. from the existing one? Yeah. Because the underlying issue is uh, who is the rating and... Uh, uh, will they be willing to accept whatever information will come out of any rating agency that uh, is going to be established by South Africa or by Africa as a well? whole? So as it stands, the issue of credibility is is, is uh, at stake here and is the center of it. Every rating agency will not solve the problem because uh, the problem will continue. That. Right? those who have money and those who can bring money to the continent, they still follow the existing rating agencies.
0: So, I guess on that, uh, I think one of the big things that uh, you're raising then is what's more important, you know? Is it the good rating or is it the credibility of a local rating?
4: Well, uh, you know, there's a an issue of uh, legitimacy. Yes. That uh, is it uh, legitimate that we need a rating agency in Africa? Mm. Or is the a matter of that uh, we want to avoid being scrutinized as a uh, African country <laughs> because of this perception that uh, we've got uh, poor governance issues, that mm. we can manage sovereign debt uh, very, very prudently and... Uh, we have so many issues that we don't want to be talked about. So, if we talk of having a rating agency, it's like uh, you are the suspect in this equation, and you want to appoint both the the the, 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 the judge and the uh, uh, the lawyer. You see, so it compromises the whole equation, and uh, there are so many questions that will be raised in the process. Mm.
0: Um. Just on the topic that you're raising, we understand you've actually pinned Uh, for you've actually written for the conversation uh, there was an article titled African powers need to manage uh, the power of uh, credit rating agencies and in that you say that the number of African countries seeking a sovereign uh, credit rating has actually increased uh, from one in 1994 to 31 in 2018 why is this so especially given that you know aspect you've just spoken about that uh, African countries don't don't want to some of them might not want to be put underneath that microscope
4: yeah you see the issue is not uh, that african countries want a rating the issue is a rating is a way to an outcome that is needed by african countries which mm. is capital yeah and there's an option of uh whether you go to uh, to the multilateral, the IMF, the World Bank, and uh, any other international uh, multilateral institution, or the other alternative is get a rating in order to issue sovereign bonds on the international capital market, which is an issue that uh, or the option that most countries see as uh, a, a better option because it allows them latitude to use the proceeds from that. Without so much scrutiny, you see, because investors, what they are uh, worried about is whether the country will be able to pay interest and uh, and 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 the principal uh, borrowed. So it's not an issue of uh, that countries need the rating uh, per se, but it's a way to the outcome
0: that you want. And and from there. What are some of the, I guess, the, apart from the other gripes? Um, that uh, you know, African countries might actually have. But I want to switch, uh, perhaps, to um, the business model of credit ratings agencies, because um, in the sh- in the show so far, that's the one thing we haven't really touched on. How do these uh, companies, uh, the Fitches, the S and P's, the Moody's, how do they actually make money or derive some type of value from uh, putting these scores on a country as uh, in investment grade?
4: Well, their business model, how they make money is that they get money from those who want to be rated, which is uh, a default position that countries need the rating because they want to access capital. So they are forced to pay for the rating, which means that uh, those who are receiving the rating will be the the, the, the bill payers. But those who need information must be in a very rational case. They must be the one who must be paying for it. But if you check the history of uh, this credit rating concept, in the beginning, before they invented printers, they would do a rating and sell it to an investor who wants information about a certain bond. Yeah. So now because uh, everyone can access information through the Internet and uh, wherever, it was left now for an alternative business model, which is the issuer-paying model, which is uh, in itself a very compromised model because you find that for those that uh, pay more, in a way they uh, kind of put... The, the analyst in a compromising position, especially in the long term. You yeah. know, that's uh, one of the issues that yeah. was at uh, the center of the global uh, financial crisis. Yeah. So, which is one of the issues that I raise also in most of my uh, discussions, that uh, there is uh, a scientific proof that uh, there's been some kind of uh, a selective aggression of some sort. mm why I say that is because uh, statistics prove that, uh, in the uh, in in the context of rating, countries in other uh, continents like uh, Europe and uh, and America or Latin America rather, that have almost similar uh, characteristics of what's going on in more, some of the African countries, they maintain better ratings than. Fastest growing economies in Africa, yeah. which to some extent that uh, prove that there is some lack of deflection from the standard scientific application of the process of determination of rating. Yeah, uh,
0: uh, Doctor. I just want to perhaps get a sense. You know, we've spoken, you know, quite quite extensively just around what the what the ratings mean for the continent, um, where you know things uh, might be going, and the business model if there were if there were perhaps two or three issues uh that you with uh, i guess the swipe of a pen could fix uh when it comes to this system or things that you'd want to see addressed um in this particular industry what would they be and why
4: well for your information uh i'm part of the team that is uh dealing with this issue at a continental level mm So uh, the African Union has taken this issue to another level, Uh, not in the context of criticizing rating per se, which uh, might uh, be easily dismissed of some sort because of issues that I've highlighted earlier. But uh, to deal with uh, the scientific proof that uh, we need to make sure that African countries are rated from the same platform, and applying the same principles that are applied elsewhere or across the, the globe. Mm. I'm sure you are aware of what happened in China. That China also established some terms that if you are rating uh, Chinese bonds, let's uh, apply these scientific methods or mm. let's start from a standard uh, playing field. Yeah. So the heads of state of African Union uh, have actually passed. Uh, a decision at a continental level that the issue of rating has to be uh, paid attention to.
2: Yeah.
4: So we are in the process under the governance agents of the AU, which is called the African Peer Review Mechanism, to uh, devise mechanisms of uh, a support of how countries can be supported as they go through the the rating process, and even before they go through that in the pre-rating phase, Mm. and also how they can apply the the recommendations that comes out of the rating process. Mm. Because uh, if you look at the current issues that countries are raising, uh, recently we had uh, Tanzania that was rated, and uh, they were not happy with their ratings. And previously we had Namibia, we had Nigeria... We had uh, Zambia that had issues with their rating. So the main issue is that the rating process has not been exhaustively uh, consultative. So countries are just informed that we are rating you, and there is no inquiry, there is no discussion with uh, the (laughs) government representative. Yeah. Yeah. You see, so which means that these ratings, uh, they are just arrived at without full information about government policy mm. and the in-depth analysis of what the country's is, uh, is, is policy is and the steps in the implementation process. Mm. So we are in the process of devising those mechanisms of, uh, of support, mm. of which uh, uh, the other point of discussion is the one that you raised in the beginning, the possibility of establishing a continental rating agency. So it's still just a discussion. It's not a a final uh, position yet for uh, the continent as a whole.
0: So that's been it. Uh, We've been with uh, Dr. Misha Mtize, uh, who is a finance and investment researcher who has actually uh, written quite extensively around Credit Ratings Agency. And as you heard, he is one of the people who is tackling this issue uh, on a continental level. And he's actually saying um, that, uh, you know, establishing a ratings agency for the continent is currently in discussion. It's not yet um, something that's going to be implemented but it is something that is in discussion and he's just talking about the fact that uh, some of the issues that people are facing is simply that uh, you know agencies uh, come in to rate uh, simply because it is an end to a, it's a means to an end sorry um, for a lot of African countries and that uh, African countries in some cases have a problem with ratings agencies that just rate without actually engaging uh, with uh you know leaders in these African countries countries on the other side of this we come to the end of the show Welcome back. This is The Business Buzz. We've come to the end of tonight's show. We're talking about credit ratings agencies, uh, those people that are are putting a rating uh, on the investment grade of uh, different countries around the world. Now, a little known fact, uh, especially in this particular conversation, is that uh, S&P Standards and Poor's and Moody's, the ratings agencies, they actually um, also rate companies. I know that we usually hear hear about them in uh, the context of countries, but they actually have have ratings on a certain country uh, company, sorry. Uh, some of the more famous ones you'll hear about the rating on uh, SCOM, especially simply because of uh, how big it is and the issues around load shedding. The other one uh, in recent history is um, CELC, uh, for example, simply because uh, they've had some issues paying off some of their debts. So that's been it. It was a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much to our guests, uh, Dr. Mishek Mutize, who is a finance and investment researcher, uh, together Together with uh, uh, Sipamantla Mkwanazi FNB senior economist so with that we've come to the end of the show remember that you can keep in touch with us on social media Uh we are VioFM that's voice of Vitz, and then our the Facebook pages of uh, Vitz Radio Academy on Twitter we're at VioFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business bus and then remember that podcasts of the business bus show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business so as I said thank you so much to everyone who was listening to the show Uh thank you to to our, uh, our amazing team, and then uh, thank you to our executive producers, that is Simba Honde and uh, Glory Mabuza. Don't miss the business, but same time, same place next week for more insight into um, the world of business. Coming up next, don't turn that dial, we have uh, uh, the team from Living Electro uh, that are going to be taking over the airwaves from 8 p.m. So for myself, Muriel Mob, Justice Kavaza, and the rest of the team, it is a good evening and take care. The Business Buzz Podcast.